You're listening to Nathan Shansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. Hello to all you creators, dreamers, and doers out there. I'm Nathan Shansky, photographer, business coach, and your host. After starting my photography business and nearly giving up after a rough first couple of years, with God's help, I transformed my business and became the multi-six-figure business owner here with you today. I'm here to drop weekly episodes full of everything I've learned in the process while bringing on some of the biggest experts in the industry. This podcast is for photographers, creatives, and anyone wanting to build a business and life of your fullest God-given potential. Welcome to the show, my friend. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the show, friend. We have a very, what should I say, fun topic today. Very uh, hot-button topic today. All about imposter syndrome. And I bet you a lot of you can actually relate to having imposter syndrome, not really sure, but I bet I would be willing to bet. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be kind of breaking down the all too common imposter syndrome and why I actually think that it can be something that is very good for you, which might surprise you a little bit. So many people struggle with imposter syndrome, right? And it's basically, if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's basically this kind of belief that And it's like your inner belief that you're somehow operating at a level that you haven't legitimately earned, okay? Um, Or maybe it's you're in groups that you're a part of a group or something that you are uh, too small to be a part of and you don't really deserve to be there. Or maybe it's you've duped everyone into believing that you are something that you're really not, right? And so these are all like, inner beliefs that are not at all necessarily true, but things that we can kind of tell ourselves because we have this like mental mindset block, right? Um, And there's other ways to describe it, but those are just kind of some like most common ways that uh, imposter syndrome hits us. So anyway, a lot of people spend all their time trying to get rid of it. And and I see, you know, the social media posts, the podcast episodes, like whatever it is that talk all about like how to get rid of imposter syndrome, right? And um, how to be free of it and uh, how to deal with it, right? And that's not all bad because I do think um, in so many ways you should seek to get rid of imposter syndrome if you can in many senses. Like if it's a, if it's a mental block for you that is holding you back, or if it's a mindset issue for you that is holding you back, or if it's just like this gnawing feeling of inadequacy inside of yourself, you, you got to deal with that. And that's important to deal with, right? Um, and like if, if you don't actually believe you can do something, which is probably the most severe case of imposter syndrome, like you actually don't believe like you should even be there, or you, you fundamentally be- don't believe you can do something or maintain a position, right? Odds are you you will become a self fulfilling prophecy, you know. Like you won't actually succeed for long, or you won't hold that position for long because it will basically be this thought in your head, in your subconscious mind that's planted there that basically says, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. Therefore, uh, my mind will trick me into figuring out how to screw it up, and and then once I do screw it up, it just reinforces the first belief that I shouldn't be really doing this, or I'm not meant to be here, right? And so. That part of imposter syndrome, like that, um, that's like a lethal 
and actually dangerous part of imposter syndrome that I think is very valid, that I think we should seek to crush and seek to get rid of, right? And I'll, I'll talk about in a minute kind of how to overcome that. But first, here's why I think a bit of imposter syndrome can be proof positive that you are actually exactly where you need to be, okay? Uh, so something that I've learned in my life kind of over and over and over again is that often the greatest things I've acquired, accomplished, experienced, etc. in life, I've most often been slightly underqualified for when I first started, or at least that's how I felt. And emphasis on the word slightly, right? Not fully, but slightly. Maybe, maybe even substantially sometimes is the word, right? Um, and another emphasis would be on the quote unquote, when I first started part of that, um, which is the whole understanding that like, yes, you may start off that way in a position or a place or a group, but you shouldn't stay there. Right. Um, so for example, when I first began as a photographer and someone asked me to shoot their wedding before I was like, even marketing myself as that. And this was back when I was like 16, by the way. So this was like way before I even started my business technically. And, you know, there was so much that I didn't know about gear. There was so much that I didn't have in my experience of shooting what, I mean, I, I hadn't shot a wedding before, so I didn't even second shot a wedding before. <laughs> so I'd like barely been to weddings at this point, probably. Um, my business knowledge was lacking and probably not even existent. Uh so on and so forth, right? I, I just never done any of this before, and um, adju- objectively, I was a bit underqualified, right? But I just still did it, and I was like, "I'm still going to shoot this wedding." Like they want me to, and they trust me. I, I mean, <laughs> that was a very unique case because I was a I was I was even at the point basically where I was like, "Hey." I don't got much to offer you guys. Like I haven't even started my business. I got my little like Canon Rebel. Like I don't <laughs> with the little flash that flips up on top, right? Like that I did not know what I was doing, but they were fine with that and they just that's that's what they wanted. They wanted someone like me. So, um <laughs> you know, it it worked out because it turns out I'm actually a wedding photographer nowadays and uh it's it's a fun job and I kind of like it a little bit. <laughs> um but what it really showed me was you're not always perfectly ready for something when you first start and you're not going to feel perfectly ready for something when you first start. That's, that's what it means to, uh, (laughs) first start. Duh. You know what I'm saying? So, um, another example from my personal life. Okay. My relationship with Kayla, my wife. Okay. So I had during that time when I first met Kayla, I had just come off of the most personally tumultuous time in my life to date. Still, still, like by a mile. It was like a crazy time of my life, personally speaking. It was not fun. I was, I was going through some things. Okay. And to add to that, I had just come off of a heartbreak from another girl like the year before, well, probably like nine months before. And my career didn't feel figured out either. And I did not feel ready for marriage. And it, it, like just by way of like all measuring sticks, I was not ready. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what's so interesting about that is it produced 
probably, I mean, aside from my relationship with the Lord, like it produced the most part, the most beautiful part of my life, which is my marriage to my wife and my relationship with her. Right. But if I would have stood back and been like, I'm not ready to date this girl and I'm not ready for a relationship like this because I feel like an imposter and I feel underqualified and I feel like I am not fully ready for this and uh, da 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 da, and she should go with someone better and what that's more qualified or I don't know, then I would have never been able to experience the beauty that is my marriage to Kayla, right? But again, I didn't feel right in the beginning about like, not, not I didn't feel right. It's more like I didn't feel fully qualified in the beginning, right? Felt very underqualified. Another example as a business coach, when I first started making content online that like started sharing what I knew about photography and all of that, I objectively, let me tell you, was probably a little bit underqualified to... I mean, it's hard to even say that I was underqualified because I was still qualified to teach somebody. But I was, I, I felt, let's just say that, I felt very underqualified, okay, to be sharing what I knew about photography because I was like, someone else out there is way more qualified than me, okay? Um, you know, I, I at this time, I was not the multi-six-figure business owner that I am now. I, I mean, I hadn't even really coached anyone before, Um I frankly, I had a lot of my own business that I still needed to figure out as well, which is funny because I still, we always will, right? We're never going to have arrived. We're never going to be perfect. Um, and, you know, I'd never done anything like this before. I'd never, um, I'd, I'd never coached people. I'd never been like the educator, right? Um, except for maybe very micro situations, like more in person. And by the way, that's the dirty little secret, isn't it? Is that when you start any path, you and everyone else on this doing the same thing, you will be starting underqualified objectively because of the fact that you have zero experience. Like, join the club. Like, none of the rest of us did either. You know what I'm saying? Um, same thing with my podcast, right? Um, similar story, very underqualified in so many senses. Uh, to start a podcast because, duh, I'd never done a podcast before. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, yeah, here we go. I'm going to start talking and grab a mic and here we go. Um, and yeah, and you learn as you go, right? But in each of those areas, it brought about some of the most beautiful and fulfilling and um, uh, just best parts of my life and career. And my whole point here is that imposter syndrome, hear me out, can be good because it indicates that you most likely stepped into something before you felt fully ready. And that is how you want to live your life. That is a good way to live your life, right? That is how you grow as a person to your maximum potential, okay? And if I may add, that's how you step into your God-given calling as well based on what God says you can do regardless of what you think you can do, okay? And in, ca in case you missed it, that's the whole point of depending on his strength for, for your life, not your own, by the way. And by, so here's another example. Like I'm no fitness genius by any means, but I do know that in order to grow your body and your muscle, you have to step into things before you feel 
fully ready for them physically, right? Like with in sports or whatever. Um, I remember in uh, high school, I used to do cross country, right? And I used to, um, sorry, cross country, for those of you that might not know, it's just running. It's like running and it's not track and field, but it's like the more cross country version of that. So you're wearing like spiked shoes and you're like running through fields and forests and woods and up hills and all that stuff. Anyway, so I remember my first year doing cross country in high school um, on, you know, when our season started and uh, basically we were doing like a bunch of training at the end of the summer going into the fall season, our coach, uh, she basically on, on like week two or three into the season had us running like a nine mile. Okay. And, um, it wasn't, you know, that we started doing one mile and then two miles and then three miles and then four miles and then five miles and then all the way up to nine, right? Very sequentially. No, like it, it was more like, Hey, first day, go out and run three miles, see how it goes. <laughs> and then maybe next day, do it again. And then the next day, uh, go out and run five miles today. And then maybe the next day, run five again. And then day five, run nine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Actually, don't quote me on that because I don't know if it was like all in the same week, but within like the maybe the first two weeks, right? And we were seriously running like nine miles within like the first two weeks of training, okay? And even though that felt like a lot at the time, I remember that my first nine mile run, I was like, yeah, this is actually crazy. Like, what are we doing? But it wasn't. It, I did just fine. I, I completed the nine mile just fine, even before I felt ready. Even when, when I was about to do it, I felt like it was freaking crazy, right? And it's just like life, you know? And it's just like something in your business. And it's just like whatever you're stepping into. Hey, photographer, if you're struggling with clients ghosting you after they inquire with you, one of the fundamental issues may be with your response email you're sending to them. So there's a science to a well-crafted inquiry email response that not only gets people interested, but gets them motivated to take the next step with you fast. So I'm going to give you for free the inquiry email response template that I use and my students use in my business blueprint coaching program that we've used to book up to five figure clients. So head to the show notes and click inquiry to booking email template and let's get your inquiry process back on track. All right, let's get back to the show. Now, on the flip side, of what I'm saying here is the alternative is you waiting until you feel ready for every single thing that you do. And again, the dirty little secret is you never will. You will never fully feel ready for stuff. And, and, and well, let's say this. Let's say that you think you will feel ready at a certain point. Fine, let's go there. If you wait till you feel ready, and that's assuming a lot, by the way, with all the crap in your head and the junk that this world tells you that you are only capable of doing, um, you just genuinely will get so little done in life. I mean, reality is when you, <laughs> someone else will be halfway through when you're just starting, if you go that route, if you go that pace, someone else will get the girl or the guy that you didn't feel ready to ask out because you waited so long for yourself to like, quote unquote, feel ready, Right. Someone else will be stepping into the role that you didn't feel ready for. I don't know if this is correct, but I'll go here. Uh, God may use someone else to fulfill his purpose because you said no. 
And by the way, I don't even know if that actually happens. I just think, uh, to be honest, I think God's grace forces us <laughs> just to do what he says like every time. Um, I think that's his grace and goodness. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like if you, I think there is a dimension where like if you sit on something, someone else is going to take it. If you if you go at like a snail's pace to wait till you feel ready for anything, someone else who does it scared is going to beat you every time. And so when you feel that little bit of imposter syndrome or a lot, <laughs> remember that it can be good. It can it can be directing you to the right place. I mean, you're probably right on track, baby. Like y- y- just keep going. You know what I'm saying? Now, you might be like, now, hold on, my imposter syndrome holds me back when I did say yes to those things. How do I overcome that? Like, let's say you're like, hey, it's not that I have struggle stepping into those things. It's after I step into them, I freak out and I have the imposter syndrome, right? And I, I get that. I'm, I'm more of that person. I'll like blindly dive in. And then when I'm in the like deep end, I'm like, wait, I can't swim. Um, so first of all, again, a little imposter syndrome is good in my opinion. First of all, it creates humility for when you're there and it creates, it, it, it kills your pride a little bit. Having that little like voice in your head being like, you, eh, not the voice in your head saying you shouldn't be here, but like, it's kind of a miracle you're here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's, it's kind of, I don't know, like it, it, it's good for me that when I was dating Kayla, there's a voice in my head saying like, bro, you have no business dating a girl like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, don't mess it up. So I think a little bit of it is good. And I think not only that, but it creates dependency in God and even others who can support you in your journey, right? And it, it kills your ego. It keeps you learning. Hello, you got to always be learning. So a little imposter syndrome that pushes you to learn, that's good. And like I've said, it indicates that you're likely in the right place. So don't immediately think that it's just a bad thing. Second, imposter syndrome is oftentimes a confidence issue. So how can we overcome imposter syndrome? Uh, or yeah, how can you overcome imposter syndrome a lot of the time? It's confidence. You got to find confidence, right? And I don't think that confidence is something that you can just like uh, muster up perfectly. I think it comes more down to looking at the proof of your capability um, and having kind of like this unofficial resume of like, look what I have done, right? Uh, Alex Ramosi talks all the time about like, hey, if you struggle to be confident, stack up proof and evidence that you are who you say that you are, right? And I fully believe that as well. I think that if you focus way too much on what you haven't done and, and and you start to focus on like, all your 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 uh, shortcomings and your discrepancies. The fact of the matter is, is you you fail to focus on what you have done, all the things that you have done. And I don't really care how uh, f- you know how many things you failed at. You've probably succeeded at a heck of a lot more than you failed at, right? If you've tied your shoes in the morning successfully, you've succeeded today. If you put your socks on correctly today, you succeeded today. You know what I'm saying? And it's even beyond that. Like example, like, um, you know, let's say you're like, hey, I shouldn't start a business or go full-time because I've never done it before. How about instead of going there and, and talking about something you've never done before, how about you look at your life and you say, you know what? I show up to the current job that I have, even if it's working for someone else, and I'm consistent 
and I'm resilient and I'm humble and I'm hardworking. Like list out the things that you already have been as proof, right? I'm not saying you have to be perfect in these things, but like you've already demonstrated proof of concept in so many other areas and walks of your life, right? Another example, um, oh, I can't ask this person out because, you know, like I can't, I can't maintain a relationship. I could never do that. I could never be worthy of them. Hey, look at your other relationships in life and look at how you've built these other relationships. Look, how you, look at how you've cultivated them. Look how you've stuck with these other relationships in life. And this isn't to say that if you're like, if you look and you're like, yeah, I'm pretty bad at my relationships, okay, then be better. But at the end of the day, I guarantee you, you have something to look at and say, you know what? I've done a really good job in these areas. I have a lot of qualifications that I'm not giving myself credit for, right? Um, you have so much evidence. Proof of concept is 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 just uh, there for you if, if you're ready to take it, right? And I think on, on top of that, right, the only way to get even more proof of concept is to just do it, Right? You don't have data because you haven't done it yet, right? Risk the failure. Get to that point where you accept that nothing attempted is far worse than trying and failing, right? Trying and failing is not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is not even attempting, not even giving yourself the opportunity to fail. So there was... Bear with me here. My wife and I, we watched Wonder Woman this past week. We're going through the DC comic series, um, like the movies. Um, and we're about to embark in on Zack Snyder's Justice League, like the Zack Snyder cut. I've never watched it before, but I'm like, I do love DC comics. And so I actually don't tell anybody, but I like DC better than whatever the other one is. I can't even know. I forgot what the other one was. Wow. <laughs> the Iron Man one. Um, anyway, so many people hate me for saying that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to what I was going to say. So we're watching Wonder Woman. And at the end of this uh, movie, oh no, more at the beginning of this movie, Wonder Woman says this quote. And I think it's so, uh, it, it's it's very insightful. And somebody says to her after she's like about to leave her home village and her home island and go to earth or something like that to basically like fulfill her destiny or whatever. Someone says, my fear is that you will never come back. And then Wonder Woman turns around and says to them, you may be right, but who even am I if I never leave? And I think that is just so insightful. The idea that yes, look what I stand to lose, but I lose way more if I never try to gain something else. Like I, I, I'm, I'm nothing ultimately if I never make any, if I, if I never make any moves to get out of where I am right now, right? And I just think that it's such an insightful way to look at life. Um, like, yeah, you're, you might be right. I might lose something, or I might not come back, or I might never be back to where I am right now in the comfort of whatever. But who am I if I never leave, right? And this keeps you hungry. It keeps you hungry to grow, to learn, to risk, to level up when you do leave, when you do get out and, and you do venture something, right? Because you're always raising the bar for yourself. Um, and you're saying, I, I want, I want something, I want something better for myself, or I can do better than this. And when I get comfortable, that means I stop growing, right? And you keep raising the bar for yourself. Um, you're pushing the muscle of yourself to its maximum potential, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I think that 
uh, I, I don't think that in every season of life, uh, you're always raising, 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 raising the bar, right? I think there are seasons of raising the bar and there's seasons of keeping the bar right smack where it is because of circumstances, maybe personal life, whatever God calls you to, honestly. Um, and also, don't get me wrong, this is not about adding complexity. It is a linear raising of the bar. So I'm not saying that uh, you're doing a great job in your photography business and you need to raise the bar by adding two other businesses to your plate. No, that would be complexity. I'm saying that in your photography business, for example, you step into a type of wedding or something like that that raises the bar for yourself and, and maybe it makes you feel a little bit like an imposter. Like, yeah, I've never shot a 100K plus um, wedding. I'm talking like total for what they spend on the wedding. And you're like, I've only shot weddings that are more in like the 50K category or like the 25K category. And you might feel a little bit uh, small for your britches. But at the end of the day, you're just raising the bar for yourself. And you're just now going to be that much more capable for next time, right? You know, final note, like I've said before, if you can believe in a higher power of God, and you can believe outside of yourself, somebody that is calling you into things and giving you the strength for things, I think that fundamentally changes everything. Uh, does for me, and it's it's the best way I can overcome, or it's the best way that I can coexist with my imposter syndrome and say, "Hi, I'm fine with you being there because I know what my calling is." And you're fine being there, Mr. Imposter Syndrome. I'm just gonna like hang out with you. I'm not in this desperate, uh, you know, like fight to the death to get rid of you. I'm just like, yep, you're there. But guess what? Uh, that quote that people say, like, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies those he calls. And I believe that that is true. And that that right there, by the way, has destroyed my ego and pride more times than I can tell you. A little bit of imposter syndrome can get rid of that disgusting ego that is, is quite frankly, sure to destroy anything way quicker than it's a little bit of imposter syndrome would. So that is my spiel. That's my take on imposter syndrome and how I do think imposter syndrome can be something that is used for good and even a good indicator for your life. And, and honestly, the way to think about it, the way to even overcome it, uh, I felt important. Uh, I feel this felt important to share for someone who might need to hear this. So I thank you so much for listening to this. Thanks for giving me your time. And I will see you right back here next week. Take care, guys. Bye.